0: You can subscribe to Locked on Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked on Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Rays. And check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash Rays Unfiltered. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and that'll get you 20% off your next order. Promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com. All right, Ulysses, we are rolling through the play reviews. We have today Ryan Thompson and Yoshi Tsutsugo and then our Last two players that we will review are expected to be on Thursday's show, unless the Rays make some sort of blockbuster trade within the next 24 hours. Then maybe we'll have to pivot and and do something else there. But as of right now, we know we are reviewing Ryan Thompson and Yoshi Sitsugo. And Ulysses, I will let you take it away with the review of Mr. Thompson.
1: We're so close, Kev. We're so close. Four players left. So Ryan Thompson, he had a good season in 2020, even though the, the first numbers I'm going to give everybody here are not going to jump out to you like, wow, that's amazing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he had a one and two record uh, with one save in 25 games, a 444 ERA. He pitched 26 and a third innings, allowing 29 hits uh, 23 strikeouts, 8 walks, a whip of 141. And according to fangraphs, he accumulated a 0.1 war. So all of those numbers, they don't sound too impressing, okay? Time uh, to turn the tables, or as Michael Scott would say, oh, how the turn tables. Because he is in the 71st percentile in exit velocity. So they don't get hit him too hard. 78th percentile in barrel percentage, So they don't square the ball on him too much either in 70th percentile in walks percentage. So those are really good things to have in a reliever. Now, the pitch selection, he works with four pitches, but honestly, because of the usage, is really just three. It's a four seam, a sinker, and a slider, and he likes to use that sinker-slider combination most of the time. In fact, if you add the sinker and the slider, uh, it's almost 91%. Of his pitches. So rarely he goes to that um to that forcing. He might not be getting guys on whiffs on his stuff, uh, but because he's a big ground ball guy, he has a 59% clip this year on ground ball rates, and he has allowed an exit velocity of 87.1, which is lower than the league average of 87.7. Lastly, and this is the biggest thing. I teased it on yesterday's episode that I had something to say about the A-Squad bullpen, which Mm -hmm. most race fans would say it's a three-person stable in Fairbanks, Castillo, and Anderson. However, I'm here to tell you that that is false. I'm here to say that Ryan Thompson was part of the A-Squad in 2020, and here's why. I went back to all of his regular season appearances, all of them, Kevin. I went through all of them. And it is uncanny how every time that he was out there on the bump, Cash sent him out to face the meat of the order. It's, mm. it's unreal how if you go to his game logs, he was facing the, the, the most feared hit, hitters. And that makes a little bit of sense, right? When you look at the, the things that he was able to do, which is get ground balls. If you, if you were in a tight spot, and a judge, a LeMahieu, somebody like that is coming, a Bogarts, uh, a Vladdy is coming. Well, let's try to get them on the ground. Let's let that let defense play a little bit instead of, you know, get that power hitter up and and sayonara with, with, with a three run shot. So that's how he was used. And it's, you can say sample size, oh, 26 innings is not that much. Somebody needs to eat those innings and it had to be Thompson. But We cannot have it both ways. We cannot say, oh, look at this front office. It's so innovative. It's so smart. Oh, look how they find just the right kind of guy. And then say, well, Ryan Thompson was in the middle of the order just because it's coincidence. I think they use Thompson like he was in the A squad or that he was the guy, the right guy to face those types of hitters. And that should give him a bump up.
0: And I think what should even give him more of a bump up is what he did in the postseason. I don't know if you mentioned his postseason numbers, the fact that he had a 193 ERA, one one eight whip in nine and a third innings pitched in 10 yep. strikeouts. I mean, that's really when he shined and showed his best stuff. And Ryan Thompson, just in general, is a good story. I mean, he was a rule five minor pick uh, in 2018 by the Rays. This this is a guy that had surgery a couple years ago, ligament replacement surgery. Um, and he was expected this year to to come in at, at AAA. There there were no anticipations for him to be a major right. leaguer. All things being equal, if this was a regular 162 game season, he probably would have started in AAA. But of course, circumstances changed things, and he really just um, he really proved himself and, and opened the eyes of of the Rays coaching staff and front office. Well, maybe we we've got something really special on our hands. Maybe he is ready sooner than expected. And, um, you know, I mentioned the post season. I think what's really impressive about that is the fact that of course you're facing better lineups and, and better teams and a guy that had really never pitched in the big leagues up to this point. Now you're throwing right. him into the fire against the Yankees, against the Astros, against the Blue Jays, against the Dodgers. And this isn't a guy who, uh, came from a blue blood college program. He played at Campbell university and a junior college in Oregon. It's not like he played uh, at Virginia or at Florida state or at Florida or someplace like that. This guy probably wasn't, he's used to playing on the backfields with no fans for the most part. And for him to shine the well, way he did is, is really, really impressive.
1: We actually saw the, uh, we may, we had a pod episode where we were watching at the interest squad, uh, game. That was a fun episode to do. And when he came on, we both were like, okay, let's get, who is this guy? Yes. Who is this guy? We like the delivery. We like the stuff. It's just, it's very nice. And when it works, I mean, you just look at his highlights and, and, and he is a Chaz Rowe type guy. Uh, uh, that they, you know, why did he get that shot, Kevo? Chaz Rowe had, uh, I don't know if he had COVID or he had a blister. I think it was a blister in the in, in summer camp uh, or spring training 2.0. Right. And he couldn't pitch for for a while. So Thompson got uh, some some revving up to do. And, hey, look, you get your, your shot. Don't waste it. And Ryan didn't uh, didn't do that. He actually performed really well. And I I, I hate that the 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 normal numbers uh, picture a so so rookie year. But I I think that what he did against the 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 opponents he was facing and, and the times that he was asked to go out there. Um, right. It, it was it was tough competition, and, and especially for a rookie. I mean, look, and this is the story we've said. If you've listened to enough player reviews on the bullpen, guys, this is what's happened. And, and, and we talk about Curtis. We talk about Fairbanks. We talk about um, Thompson. Same story. Right. Guys that overshot what the expectations were. Nobody had Thompson on the radar. I'm sorry. Nobody. Yeah.
0: No, nobody at all. And um, you mentioned how he was often thrown out there to face the meat of the order. Uh, he was also thrown out in, in every single inning at least once. I mean, he pitched innings yeah. one through nine. He was an opener. He was a closer. The bulk of his work, of course, came in the sixth inning, then the seventh, and the fifth. After that, I don't want to go in. Out, I don't want to go out on a limb and say that he's ready to be part of the A squad. I, maybe the the AB squad, maybe moving, shuffling up between those two. I love to put, I mean, I don't know if this is pie in the sky thinking, I love to put Alvarado in that next tier if he's able to get on track. And then after that would be Ryan Thompson. But what he brings to the table as far as, I mean, he's a sinker slider guy. That, that's basically what he is. But at six feet, five throwing from that unusual angle. I mean, it's almost like he defies physics sort of like Oliver Drake defies physics, but Thompson in a different way, how he throws that slider and it rises. I mean, it literally looks like it's rising in the air and breaking up in a way against righties. And it is that type of boomerang action that gets Alex Bregman yelling expletives that gets uh, Josh Harrison pulling a Kelly shop pick and, and throwing his bat into the stands <laughs> because he can't make contact with the pitch. Now he will sometimes get in trouble with that pitch. If he starts it in and it leaks out over the middle of the plate, he really needs to start it out middle of the plate, outer portion of the plate, and then break away from the righties like that. And then, I mean, not even just that, but he can, if need be, he can fire from that arm angle, a 94 fastball up and into a righty and And I mean, he's, he's dangerous that, that way. He's really one of those, he's legitimately fun to watch legitimately fun to watch. He's got uh,
1: plenty of weapons, but Kevin, I want to, I want to go back to, to, to the main point that I'm trying to make. There are two ways of looking at the A squad and B squad. I'm not saying he basically, uh, because of his results, he's in the A squad. He was used as if he were in the A squad. Okay. And, and, and I think Cash and company uh, thought of him as an A-squad guy. You never saw Ryan Thompson uh, come out with a 5-0 uh, you know, lead or a five zero 0 bump against him. It, it, it was always in the moment. It was always in the media order. He was treated as if he were a Fairbanks, a Castillo, and Anderson. That's my point. Now, the results – yeah, the, the numbers don't particularly look well, but he was used as if we were uh, part of the A squad. Now, do I think that he can, next year, be used as part of the A squad and perform better? I really hope so. I really hope so. I do yeah. think that there are guys with, like, Alvarado that I would really like them to be also part of the A squad because if Alvarado makes that uh, that transition from wild to part of the A squad, like we've seen him in the past... Well, that just makes your B squad, quote unquote, a heck of a lot more impressive if Ryan Thompson has a year under his belt, if John Curtis has a year under his belt. Um, So that's what I'm saying. He was used as part of the A squad. Maybe the results weren't completely there, but he was used, I mean, like Castillo, like Fairbanks and like Anderson. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, where if, say, Castillo or Fairbanks were to go down, you would think, based on what he was able to do towards the end of the regular season and into the postseason, that you would be okay. Okay, if Ryan Thompson has to pitch the seventh or eighth inning until those guys get back, you should be okay with that. You should be comfortable with putting him into that role. I mean, there was a reason why, after the uh, Kevin Cash-Blake Snell decision, that we were I mean basically calling for anybody but Anderson. Why not put Thompson in that go. spot instead of uh, instead of Anderson there because I mean Thompson was as lights out as anybody in the postseason there. What's funny is uh you know he actually he got some revenge in the postseason against the Astros a team that he was drafted by in the 23rd round and basically I, I not left out the pasture because the, the Rays drafted him, but um, he, right. he really did a lot to transform his body and to get in better shape, adding four to five miles an hour on his pitches since being with the Astros. And he shed some 30 pounds um, since, since he was with the Astros. Like if you look at, cause he's a thin guy, uh, yeah. he, he's bony, angular, tall, lanky. But if you look at some of his picture uh, pitches, oh my gosh, pictures, Pictures, pitches, can't get those words right. Pictures <laughs> from college in the minor leagues. Um, he, he looks hefty. He's, he's got some like fat on his chin and neck. And like, you, you can tell that he is, he means business. Well, he's at the big leagues and that's a, going to stick and stay.
1: We're going to need Ryan Thompson's uh, diet regimen. Um, please uh, send it to at Sembrano Ulysses. I would really appreciate that. Thanks, Ryan. There we go. Uh, I, I, I just taught, I, I look, man, I just said you were a part of the A squad. Give me the, the, the regimen. And, uh, I think you'll be happy with He's my getting grade, an a squad a workout p- and diet plan. Exactly. I need to know it. Uh, okay. Look time red pan. Where are you giving him a solid B good. Good. Uh, I, I'm uh, again, just because, I uh, I really do believe in the way that he was used was against tougher competition. I'm going to give him a, a B plus
0: 87. Okay. Very solid. Uh, I don't think you should complain at all about what Ryan Thompson was able to bring to the table this year. I will right, we'll continue this discussion, move on to the player review of Yoshi Satsugo, But first we've got to tell you about the greatest protein bar on the planet. And that is built bar. Maybe that's what Ryan Thompson uh, was doing and utilizing Ooh, the, the built bar maybe. program there. Um, I can tell you he didn't run out of flavors to, to try out and, and go with each and every day. They've got, 18, 19, 20 amazing different flavors. Some of the new flavors include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. That, of course, goes along with some of the more traditional flavors like coffee almond, coconut double chocolate. The list just goes on and on and on. But I can tell you that built bars are covered in 100% chocolate, they're soft and easy to chew. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. If you don't believe me, uh, just look at the cookies and cream flavor, for example. You've got 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. We know you want some for yourself, so to do that... Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, and that'll get you 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, for 20% off at builtbar.com. All right, Ulysses, moving on down the list, we have Yoshi Satsugo, who recently Mm -hmm. just turned 29. Peek behind the curtain, he's very similar to our ages here. Uh, Yoshi according to Baseball Reference they gave him man this is some disrespect a 0.0 war uh, so wow. literally replacement level Fan graphs gave him a 0.3 war again this is condensed in in 50 to 60 games so you would you would expect that to be higher over the course of of 162. In 185 plate appearances across 51 games he posted a 197 314 395 slash line and 708 OPS. He had eight home runs, five doubles, a triple 24 RBI, 27 runs, 26 walks and 50 strikeouts. His OPS plus was 97 and his WRC plus was 98. He, uh, if if you don't have a calculator on you, he had a 14%, 14.1% walk rate and a 27% strikeout rate defensively he played left field third uh third base and was a designated hitter throughout the regular season and the postseason a couple numbers uh, a couple more uh uh numbers that are kind of deeper in the weeds here his BABIP was just 230 so maybe a little bit unlucky at times i mean he had some hard hit balls or some some Curvature balls that uh, were, were caught for whatever reason. I, I, I can think of some instances where the Yankees made some really good plays on some balls. DJ LeMahieu, Clint Frazier, corner to left field that that normally you would expect probably would have dropped. Um, also, uh, on a positive note, he had the highest percentage of hard hit balls on the Rays, and his average exit velocity was basically even with Randy Arozarena. Uh, and as far as the postseason goes, he didn't get much action there, just two hits in his 16 at-bats in the postseason. So that is kind of a a rundown of Yoshi Satsuga, who arrived to the Rays with a lot of fanfare. There was a press conference about his signing a two-year deal worth, what, $12, $13 million. And uh, I, I think it's pretty safe to say he did not really live up to expectations this year. But, of course, uh, if there was anybody hit hardest by COVID and the impacts of that for a guy coming over from Japan to America and trying to acclimate himself and get comfortable. It probably was Yoshi Satsugo. If there was a, a negative impact on a guy due to this uh, pandemic here.
1: I mean, 100%, right. I don't, we don't know if he, uh, um, if he came with family, but if he didn't imagine what that goes through your head uh, so far away from, from home and, and, and your family and, and all that. So, that, that has to be weighing on you, and yeah, the 197 average m- might be cost because of that, too. Uh, the, the, these are humans, these are not just you know Excel spreadsheets, even though we sometimes treat them, um, as if they were just uh, Nintendo characters. Uh, look right. at that Nintendo, I didn't even do a PS3 like you did the other
0: day. Nintendo, any ass baby, that's that's where I'm from. Um, look, Nintendo Wii, what is Nintendo's latest uh consoles at the Wii? I don't even know what they've come out with. No, nah, bro, that was high lately. school. What, what do, do they have now? School. What's their what's their console? You the don't know? Switch,
1: right? The Switch.
0: You're I'm asking you the wrong play person. Like a Game Boy Color no and then
1: like a like a console. Anyway, whatever. The point is <laughs> is that a 14 walk rate a 14% walk rate, pretty nice. That, that's, that's elite for, for a first for a first year. That's I like that twenty seven strikeout uh, a percent strikeout rate. Wolf, big. Wolf yeah, I mean it's um,
0: I, I I don't really think, especially for a guy that just came over and is trying to get adjusted to major league pitching. That really doesn't bother me all that much, especially when it's tied into the fact that he didn't swing and miss all that much. It was a lot of called third strikes and taken. Sure. So. Uh, and and there were, we're worse guys from, on the team as far as – I mean, I, I think with that walk rate, and you compare that to the strikeout rate, I mean, you'll take you'll take that strikeout rate if he's going to give you that walk rate, generally.
1: Sure. The problem is, is that nothing else is happening. The walk is so good, but what else is happening? And yeah, you, it has that over 700 OPS, but ba- I mean, it's it was barely over 700, and, and that's not the kind of production that you expect after you sign – a, a, that much of a deal. And one more thing, you might take 14% and 27%. Sure. And I understand where you're coming from. The problem is, is that he's not the only one that's over 25%. So I mean, it's adding on strikeouts on top of so many other strikeouts. So if you're going to be elite and walk rate, right, I would like to see the strikeout percentage at least less than 25 because there's just too many strikeouts in that lineup. And it's it's hogging up the rally killers. A lot of these guys are rally right. killers just because of the fact that they have over 25% strikeout rates. And honestly, that's the biggest thing to watch out for is the strikeout rates. The second thing is what they're going to do with the pitching. Everybody's pointing at the catching situation. But for me, I, I, I'd rather... See Ronaldo Hernandez make his debut from a from single A to the major leagues in 2021, then wonder what they're going to do with the strikeout rates and what they're going to do with the pitching. Those are the biggest things, not the catching, in my view. I know that might be a little bit controversial, but that's how I feel. And Yoshi is a big part of the strikeouts. Uh, if he were to give us more power. And, and and a little bit more contact, as he has done in the past in, in, mm-hmm. in the Japanese league, then that's a whole different subject, and we don't even have to touch the 27% strikeout. Then then it
0: wouldn't I, really matter. I, I But I think he gives enough power in extra base hits. I mean, he legitimately has power to all fields, and he had some of the hardest, longest-hit balls for the Rays this season. I think he just... Look, I'm high on Yoshi Sutsugo. I like his approach at the plate. I think maybe he gets a little too cautious at times and, and looks too much, especially at first pitches where, okay, there's a 94 fastball down the heart of the plate, but you take it and you're behind a one and then you've got to battle back. I like to see him maybe be a little bit more aggressive with first pitch strikes. But, I mean, if you watch him, he's got, for the most part, a really good eye. Now, I know there's been some issues with the, the velocity of major league pitchers has given him some trouble, anything above 95 miles per hour. I mean, if you look at his numbers against fastballs, it's not very good. He's batting well under the Mendoza line while breaking balls. He's actually done a very good job at, but I think he, look, I, I think the pandemic this year just totally screwed Yoshi. I'm willing to to go out on a limb and say that 51 games. We talk about a guy having a, a two month slump. This was basically a two month slump. D- didn't really have any, any time to get his footing. And I think that if, if everything's normal in 2021, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm willing to put a prop bet on this. I'm willing to, I'll put money on it. I'll put Skittles on it. I'll put, I, I'll, I'll buy you a dinner that he will have an OPS. I, I will say he will have an OPS above 800 in 2021. I wouldn't, that I, is I, how again, positive I yeah, am on Yoshi.
1: I, I am positive on Yoshi, but and, and, and I can and I and I would take that bet uh, as you would. I think he will be able to increase the OPS by almost 100 points. The issue here is that yes, he does he does have power, especially to the oppo field. I love that swing that he has to left field. It's really nice and and, and it can go really deep, like he did in in, in Buffalo with a three run shot, but. The 197, I know it, batting average is something that that uh, a lot of people don't like to, to, to look at. But again, if you say that he has enough power for extra base hits and all that, sure. But uh, not enough to overcome the negatives right now. I think he can, and I believe that he will. But in 2020, he wasn't what he, ex- he was expected to do, and the power didn't overcome uh the the lack of hitting and, and it's a lack of hitting really because you can have doubles and, and and home runs but in the end look at the analytics it's not only 197 batting average it's the 97 wrc plus it's the o, ops plus of 93 or 95 whatever you said it was that's on un, that's under replacement level that's under a league average so, so yes, the power was there, but not enough to say, well, you know, we'll take that. Uh, I think he needs to do more. I think he can do more. Uh, but uh, that the power that he yeah. showed in 2020 did not overcome his flaws.
0: No, and I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm saying he has, if things were equal. I mean, if over 162, he put together 30 home runs and, In twenty twenty five doubles and he gave you those numbers I mean you'd probably be I would think you'd want to be okay with that maybe if it wasn't combined with so many other guys who had high strikeout rates and so on and so forth I just with Yoshi I'm willing to give him a pass here if it was somebody else if it was a guy who had been successful previously and had spent time in the major leagues and that the transition I think is really what hurt him and maybe you're are you looking at it from the perspective of there was so much fanfare about this signing and the raise and, and the fan base was who and high and what he did in Japan, a, a perennial all-star and, and a home run champion, extra base hit champion. And you were maybe not to the same level of replicating what he did in Japan, but more of a showing, like you would have liked like a two fifty batting average and an 800 OPS, something like that. I, I can't quantify with numbers, but I will tell you that
1: I in, I think in our, on our show, the second to last week of July, we had preemptive awards, team awards. I had uh-huh. Yoshi as my MVP for the race. So this is how high I had him. So if he would have done a Brendan Lau season, that's that, because we all agree that Brendan Lau was the MVP for, for this team. So that's kind of what I was expecting from Yoshi. So look at the, right. that's the, ex, the ex, ex, maybe the expectations were a bit too high for somebody dealing with not only COVID because every player has has dealt with COVID, but the fact that he's coming from overseas. Is he with his family. He had to go back and forth and back and forth. It's a whole new language. So it's a whole new country. It's it's not the baseball that you've ever played before. All of that, I agree. Does right you know, give him a little bit of a break. However, not this much of a break. Uh,
0: I'm I'm going to wait to hold like total true judgment. Like if he comes back and has a really, really good uh, 2021 season, I'm willing to say that it's just so tough. I feel like he was really, really dealt a bad hand. And, you know, at some point we we've talked so much about the strikeout rate and getting some of the strikeouts off the team. And we've, certainly done that at least right now with Mike Zanino off the team and Hunter Renfro. But at some point you got to have some, some power component and and there's people out there that have, I've been asked, Oh, why don't the Rays make a play for Kyle Schwarber or some other? You've got Kyle Schwarber right here. Base. You got a guy that he can hit the ball hard and out of the ballpark. Every number shows that I just think he needs some more time to get settled in with everything and and to get comfortable to his surroundings and environment. And like, I think, look, if this was a 162 game season, I think he would have, I don't know if he would have torn the cover off the ball in the second half, but I think it would have been a a case of night and day between first half and second half numbers where he finally gets adjusted to in division pitching in the ballparks and in everything. It, it, it takes some time to get settled in. That's all I'm saying. Like I'm not going to give him an A or anything. I mean, on, on the grade, but I'm just willing to overlook some of the uh, peripheral numbers that that he's put forth in in 2020.
1: We don't disagree on what Yoshi could do in a 162 game season. I think we are aligned perfectly on what he could provide and what the learning curve would look like if it was a 162 game season. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about the 60 yes, game season. And in the 60 true. game season. Um, the results matter. And so that's what I'm saying. Can he do more? I believe so. Will he do more? I believe so. But in 2020, this is what he did. And just, just so everybody knows that I'm not just railing against him because I'm not. Um, one of the things that we haven't even talked about, which is egregious. Uh, on yoshi it's the fact that yeah you said he was a home run champion nobody had more home runs than yoshi in the last four years in the japanese league and extra base hits and he was a team captain what does that all tell you that he is in the lineup every night yes. every day the coach knows the manager knows he's going to be uh hitting third or fourth or even fifth guess what right. that's not the same thing that he does With the Rays, oh, you're playing on Monday. Well, you're not playing until Friday. Oh, a pinch hit appearance on Wednesday. That doesn't help a ball player. So we can all we also have to take that into account. And I know people are going to say, "Well, that's just the Rays' way." Well, (laughs) it's tough to adjust to all of the things you have to adjust. Plus, oh, I'm not in the lineup.
0: The other thing too is I've always
1: been in the lineup for the last 12 years. I'm the captain of a freaking team. I'm on the bench.
0: Yeah, that I think that's take into account. I think that and the fact that it's easier to hit in Japan than it is the major leagues. It's just a fact that we have like you basically the numbers go that the transition, you basically slash 75, 100 OPS off whatever you hidden in Japan and take it at the American League. Like if you're hitting 900 OPS in Japan, maybe you're lucky to hit 800 in, in America. I mean, what, Wilmer Ballantine or whatever is like hit 60 home runs. Like it's crazy. Like it is a different level from that perspective. And I think, again, it, it takes some time to get adjusted to that quick question. Cause I know we're going long on uh, the Yoshi Susugo recap here, but would you have rather had Brian O'Grady taking Yoshi's at bats? Who do you think would have had a better season? All things being equal, O'Grady or Sutsugo?
1: I think O'Grady could probably uh, give you more defensively and uh, versatility with the glove and and a little bit more quickness, which is always nice to, to see. But um, what has he done in the major leagues? Nobody has had given given him a shot. Is that by coincidence or is that uh, because they yeah. see something? Uh, I don't know. I don't have the the, the numbers, but I, sometimes just like. In a job, because this is ultimately a job, playing baseball is a job, people will rather have the resume, say, experience 10 years than say, hey, look, this new guy who's never held a job has a 4.0 GPA. So, you know, who do you take? And in this case, they they took the guy that's been in a baseball professional league for a decade. And that's I okay. think the
0: signing probably could have blocked O'Grady because we see O'Grady signs a major league, not a minor league deal with the Padres, but a major league yeah. deal with the Padres. And they've had a lot of success with their outfielders and some former Rays players, Will Myers uh, being one of them there. So you wonder if it was like, well, we signed Yoshi to this contract. We got to play him. So O'Grady, yeah. you're just down on the depth chart. It's It's kind of like the, you know, when a... Uh, an NFL team drafts a guy in the first round, but an undrafted free agent is outperforming this guy. You still pretty much have to stick with the first rounder to make it look like you didn't make a mistake <laughs> and that you totally with yeah. this thing. So there might be some of that involved too. I'm wishing O'Grady all the best. I really hope, like I think he's right. got the tools to be, you know, maybe a bench fourth outfielder type. It remains to be seen, but you wonder uh, if Yoshi wasn't in a raised uniform, if O'Grady instead gets 150, lines, yeah. 200 at bat, something along those lines there. All right, it is time. Red pin, get it ready. What are you giving Yoshi?
1: I don't think you're going to like me, but I'm going to give him a, a 72, a C-. minus.
0: Okay. You know what's funny is I have here C- minus as well. Wow. Even though as much as I was trying to hype him up and promote him and say that, but again, just looking at everything involved, I I think what really hurt was the fact that there was so much written and talked about about this signing and it kind of, for lack of a better term, whiffed, uh, but if you look at some of the video i just implore fans out there to to watch some of the things he was able to do look at some of the highlights and and there's some likable things for sure and if i had to guess 2021 i think he might finish with a b maybe a b plus it, it remains to be seen how it all comes to fruition 100% i 100% i i i think we're both in the same path
1: of like look it didn't didn't look good 2020 but yeah. the what we saw that was good that could be a, a fantastic thing to see in 2021 in a more, uh, a longer version of the, of the season, which we right. hope we're going to have, right, Manfred? 162 games? Yeah. Right? Apparently,
0: you, you say Manfred, and I just found out the other day that pronouncing his name, it's actually Manfred. It's Rob Manfred, not Rob Manfred, Manfred? even though it's spell, uh, spelled Manfred. So Rob oh Manford apparently is Manford. the another W for Manford there. So, oh boy. <laughs> Very good. All right. Who do we have tomorrow? I don't even know. I guess we have Yarbrough and... And Wendell. Joey Wendell. Okay. So we'll get some... I, I would think we'd have Lefties. some and grades there. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, as a reminder, be sure you check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash Unfiltered. That wraps up this edition of Blocked on Rays. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Blocked on MLB Prospects. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we'll talk to you tomorrow.